Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Good morning, Steelers Nation. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackline, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. We're deep diving into the Baltimore Ravens, week 14, looking to turn a two-game win streak into a three-game win streak, something the Steelers have not done all season, but we had that same conversation last week. It felt pretty good. It is, uh, it's too dark to talk about here. There's, there is no sunlight yet, so I don't know if it's going to be a good day, but I would expect it's a good day, good, beautiful Saturday morning here in the Berg. I feel it, my friend. Feeling good, feeling good. Only bad thing, man. No college football for real today. Is Army Navy? I think like one oh, of the only. Is that the only game? That's the only or, one I don't I even think. know if Army Navy is playing today or not. But I, I just know that there's not really any bowl games yet. We're not quite there. So, wow. Um, yeah, that's the only disappointing part I think of this weekend for me. But uh, plenty of good NFL action on Sunday, um, including Steelers Ravens, which is always you know a heavyweight fight that I cannot wait for. So I'm excited. Yeah, very excited. I didn't I didn't think that there wasn't any college football. I didn't that didn't even come to mind. Now I'm uh I'm sad. Yeah, I'm a little sad now. That was a little bad. That was a little disappointing way to start the day. But that's all right. That's all right. Baltimore Ravens week. It is huge. It feels a little weird that it's starting this week or this late in the season. It feels like we've already been through so much. And here we are, another chapter, Baltimore Ravens week. But that's the NFL. Somehow they always keep it entertaining right up until the end. That's how they that's how they work their magic. Um TJ Watt dealing with an injury, Deontay Johnson dealing with an injury, Malik Reed, a surprise questionable for a second week in a row, and then Lamar Jackson is doubtful. I want to talk about all those injuries, how things change if players don't play. But first, I do want your opinion on George Pickens. I know everybody is tired of talking about George Pickens. I'm tired of talking about George Pickens. But this is the first time I've gotten to talk to you since last week. He's obviously been the hottest topic of conversation throughout the week. I think that's a large chunk of the media more than the players itself. But uh, what was your opinion on um, him walking off the sideline and then his response to it? I mean, typical receiver, right? I always want the ball, you know, no matter what. I mean, I don't I'm not going to say I was surprised because I wasn't. I mean, I think that that's honestly even with him being targeted. I mean, he's still been productive this year in spurts. Uh, more than anything, but I just sense this kind of building. Anytime that George 
doesn't get the ball or isn't getting the same looks that he thinks he should, uh, you see the body language. If you actually watch the film, you see it a lot between him and Deontay. They oh, just yeah. do, I think, a better job containing it to where the cameras don't see it. But George, when you when he blows up like that right after a third down conversion attempt that didn't uh, wasn't successful. Uh, the cameras catch it, and then it becomes a bigger deal than really what it normally would be. So it's not surprising to me. Uh, him and Deontay both have have typical receiver bad body language um, yeah. after plays frequently. So um, not really a huge deal. I don't think it's a big deal in the locker room. Um, I did really – I think that Tomlin – the best thing to come of this, I will say, was uh, the all-time Tomlin quote – where he said, I'd rather say, whoa, than sick them. And I, I, I love that. And I do, I do agree. There's, um, you know, certain positions where you just have to kind of carry yourself with that kind of swag and chip on your shoulder and receivers. One of those. So not a huge deal to me. If it becomes like a issue where, you know, it, he's on the sideline throwing tantrums when the Steelers are winning or complaining about targets just a ton um, frequently or on a regular basis, then I think we maybe have a different type of conversation, but I'm not quite there yet. So yeah, he's a receiver at the end of the day. He's a receiver. When Chase Claypool got, got traded, I don't think anybody picked up on this, but Deontay Johnson, not one time said, we'll miss him. Not one time. He's just like, yeah, man, next man up mentality. It is what it is. I'm now the top dog and it's clear. I'd also like to point out that George is 21 years old. So, I mean, I think we can all, you know, the listeners to the show, me, you can admit that uh, we were a little more immature at 21 years old. And that was kind of the book coming out on George out of, out of the NFL draft as well. I mean, I know everyone, um, you know, when he was making all those crazy catches early in the season, everybody's like, how did this dude fall the first round? And then everyone immediately is like, well, he was hurt. Well, it was partially that, but there were also some other things in terms of like maturity that, um, you know, was what was a little bit of a factor. I'm not sure how that weighed um, on certain teams, but I know it was a factor throughout the draft process. But um, George, a good dude, competitive. Um, You want guys on the on the boundary, especially on offense that really want the ball in clutch situations um, to help the team win. And I don't see a problem necessarily with that. Um, even if it's not the greatest of looks, but as long as it's not a regular thing, then, um, you know, I'll live with it. Yeah. It's, it's too early to start comparing them to AB. No need for that one. And at 21 years old, I was still a division three lacrosse player and I was fighting people every day, every single day. So, uh, shout out Ryan. Hope that, you know, you don't bring that with you on Sunday, but yeah, Ryan, you might need, we might need you to stay home, brother. I'm not going to lie to you. You might not have to, you (laughs) might have to just hang out in the parking lot for being honest, for being honest. All right. Let's uh, dive into Ravens Steelers injuries are the headlines. Obviously uh, TJ Watt questionable with a rib injury, Deontay Johnson questionable with a hip injury. And then Lamar Jackson is doubtful with a knee injury. doesn't feel like Lamar will go. I want to start with TJ. So I have heard all week long, <clears throat> excuse me, a little under the weather um, that TJ's injury is a little bit more serious than he's leading on. And that, you know, he wants to admit even to himself. Uh, he said that he doesn't want to miss any more games, but he said, we'll see on Sunday. I think even that was telling that TJ is dealing with something a little bit more significant than he would like to admit. Um, if he doesn't go, Malik Reed doesn't go. You are down to Jameer Jones and Alex Highsmith at outside linebacker. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm answering my own question here, but can you even... try to make up for not having those two on the field on Sunday. 
No. No, it would be bad. <laughs> but I will say this. I, I, I'm very, very, very confident that TJ is going to play. I, I know that I do believe you that his injury is more serious because you can tell just by watching him. Like yeah. if you really watch the film and are just solely focusing in on him every play, you can really tell that he's not 100% right now. No, and he hard. hasn't been since he came back. You know, you just look at the production. I mean, he hasn't been bad necessarily, obviously, but he just really has been kind of just another guy kind of since coming back. Um, he's made some plays, but you just look at the overall production, two pressures against the Saints, three against the Bengals, two against the Colts, one against the Falcons. I mean, those are not T.J. Watt-like numbers, you know, and I, I think that um, his impact is hard to kind of quantify that simply, but, you know, he's just not – he doesn't look like the same guy that we saw last year, and you, you can just tell it's it's injury-related. So credit to him for, you know, having that toughness about him and trying to gut through those injuries for the good of the team. Um, but, man, it's, it's tough because um, – this one's just one of those where I just think uh, if you're on the fence and maybe he is really on the fence about playing on Sunday, I just think he's going to get in that stadium, you know? Yeah. Steelers Ravens, man, that is absolutely, uh, Do a little smell that, that's salt. what you, that, those, those things are what you dream of, man. If, especially as soon as you get drafted by either of these organizations, man, this, these are the games that you sign up for. So I definitely think, um, I definitely think he's going to go. If he doesn't, though, that that's huge. Because you look at the – and we can talk about this kind of as we go through the show, but the last four Steelers-Ravens games all went to the Steelers' direction, but they were by a total of nine points. So – and you think about some of the plays that he specifically has made. I was going to say, you you Google search images of Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers, and it's just TJ just hands up all the time. Think, Think back to, I think, that game last year where uh, Harbaugh elects to go for two and Jackson kind of rolls yep. out and he kind of has to change his arm angle a little bit yep. to throw around Watts. Yep. And it's just barely off to Mark Andrews. Like little stuff like that that necessarily isn't going to show up in the stat sheet. Man, that that dude's impact is immeasurable. So um, I definitely think he's going to go. But if he doesn't, like it's absolutely a big loss, I am. Oh, it's huge loss especially if Malik Reed doesn't go I mean you look at the situation and yeah like TJ just like you said right now he's just like another guy but that other guy is still one still and two better yeah, yeah like it, the Steelers are still one and two with just a normal person TJ Watt which is like absolutely insane just because of what he shows I think this has been my mindset the whole time about this situation I think that the doctors are very pushy about you know, do not let TJ Watt onto the field. Um, but you know, it's football, it's the NFL. They're gonna they're gonna do what they, you know. If TJ Watt walks out of that field and says, I'm playing, they're gonna let him play. <laughs> I think that to a degree he might get a snap count and he might play, you know, two snaps a series, that kind of thing. But even that two snaps a series, totally different, totally different game, totally different environment especially with the backup quarterback like Tyler Huntley and out there, you know, like he's not going to be sitting there thinking, all right, well, TJ Watts that banged up. He's going to be thinking, oh crap, TJ Watts right there. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's relax on that one. So I agree with you. I do think that he suits up. Um, I have heard that it's, that it's, you know, a serious injury. It's really bothering him. Um, but I don't know, just to answer Richard's question here, uh, Larry Ogunjobi is, going to play on Sunday. His toe injury was just like, uh, I'm a veteran. I've done this before. I've won Super Bowls, you know, or I've gone to Super Bowls. You know, I don't really need to practice. It's a toe. 
kind of situation. I think he played better last week than he's played all season. And he didn't yeah. practice once in two weeks. So, yeah, who needs to practice? <laughs> Not him. Um, the other side of that is Lamar Jackson. Probably not going to go. Uh, John Harbaugh said that it's likely Tyler Huntley. Lamar is doubtful. Hasn't practiced all week. You can't really expect him to get out there. I mean, how much changes? you? I've talked to guys all week in the locker room, and every single one of them have told me, yeah, you know, like, it's Lamar, and that's significant, but it's, you know, essentially the same offense. And you're like, okay, I get that, but it's Lamar Jackson. Like, something's yeah. got to change. What changes? I do want to – I'm going to answer Richard's questions. Love y'all's show. Appreciate the love. Um, Pickens over under is 42 and a half. It has to go over after last week, oh, right? Hammer. Um, Richard, am I what to watch for? I'm going to give you a quick stat. Um, but I wrote about Pickens uh, before for some pregame info, and – Baltimore's allowed the fourth most completions of 20 plus air yards. So you got to think that Pickens is probably going to get at least one or two shots down the field this week, especially after the outburst. And you know, they're going to want to get him involved. I also will say that dude that wears number 22 for the Ravens is a little bit of a gambler. So I think they're going to try to take a shot at him early too. So um, if you really just want to bet on the Steelers, I personally, I don't gamble. I don't bet on the Steelers, but I like Pickens' chances of getting a deep one this week. Um, I, I just, I just do. I call it a gut feeling. Just don't blame me when, uh, whenever you uh, lose your money. If so, um, you could, just, I'm just trying to help. You could blame me. So I'll tell you. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you this later, but I'll tell you right now. So Baker Mayfield lost me a hundred dollars on Thursday night because dude is a scumbag. Okay, not really great football player, <laughs> and lost me a hundred bucks against the thing. I'm down to thirty dollars in my FanDuel account, which is, you know doable and all of that $30 on Sunday is not going towards anything but to get me back on board and it is all going over on whatever George Pickens could be over 85 yards I'm putting it on the over the dude's gonna have a game I might I may same game parlay with a touchdown I'm not even gonna lie man um this Pickens versus Peters matchup on Sunday It will be a miracle if either don't get disqualified. It's <laughs> like, going to be amazing. I legitimately think I'm putting the over under at per, of personal fouls between the two at one and a half because I, I think they <laughs> both get one. It's just a matter of either one of them are getting thrown out because I think there's – I mean, it would not surprise me if like midway through the second quarter punches start flying. Oh, just God, it would be awesome. Just, just because those two dudes, man, they are like – they are such clones of each other in terms of like just attitudes. And I, I love it. I think, and I think it's great TV regardless, but Steelers, Ravens, Marcus Peters, George Pickett, it's going to be like, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing. I, if it was in Baltimore, you'd look at it and be like, all right, the coaches are going to tell George, relax, calm down. Nobody's telling Marcus <laughs> Peters to relax. You know what I mean? He's a veteran. He's yeah. walking out there. John Harbaugh is like, punch him right in the face. Yeah. I don't care. You know? <laughs> It's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, to, to answer your question, though, to get, kind of get back on track a little bit, um, I took some heat last year when uh, we were doing the pod uh, ahead of the last game and Hundley was starting. And I had all these, like, all these Steelers fans telling me, like, oh, I wouldn't mind Tyler Huntley as, like, the Steelers bridge quarterback next year. And I'm like, have y'all really watched this dude play? And this is not a knock to Tyler Huntley. Like, I think he's a good backup. He's a better backup for Baltimore because Baltimore is one of those teams that – um, they like their backups to have similar skill sets to their starters, such as like RG3, Tyler Huntley, yeah. dual threat kind of mobile guys that kind of fit. That way they don't have to change their offense on a whim 
whenever, like if Lamar is out with an injury. Um, with that being said, absolutely, this is a huge thing. The Steelers have played Lamar Jackson extremely well, but you also have to think about um, not trying to take credit away from them, but it's only been three games. Like three games is an incredibly small sample size. Um, and even with those three games, Lamar had stretches in those three games that were much better than what Hundley did last year. I mean, Tyler Hundley last year turned the ball over three times. He did run for like 70 something yards, but I think half his passing yards came like late in the fourth quarter. Like he didn't even have a hundred passing yards. I don't think in the fourth. So the reason why that's important this game, I think is because Hundley's like a diet Coke version of Lamar where (laughs) he can do some of the same things as a runner, but he's just not as dynamic. He can do some like they don't necessarily change what they do schematically in the passing game, but he is a limited passer. So maybe you don't change the game plan as much, but the impact of those two players are huge. And Lamar in general, like if we're just going true value in terms of like who is more valuable to their team, there's probably not a singular player who's more valuable to their team than Baltimore. If you actually watch Baltimore remotely, Anytime, like you don't have to watch them every week, just every now and then. They are throwing screens to 300 pound fullback Patrick Ricard in key situations. He is running routes. Their receivers are Devin Duvernay, a 47 year old Deshaun Jackson. I mean, (laughs) they have one legitimate weapon who would make the starting lineup on any team, and that's Mark Andrews. And even him, I'm telling you right now, Mark Andrews is the Baltimore Ravens version of Deontay Johnson because he makes he has some of the most frustrating drops you'll ever see. So Lamar, extremely valuable to the Ravens. The fact that he's not playing is huge for the Steelers. Absolutely huge, I think. Oh, yeah. I think that's the like you could go through any injury. I mean, quarterback wise, there's a couple of them, but Lamar in the AFC North, there's nobody bigger than Lamar Jackson. So you're expecting a lot of runs. Is that how you look at this situation? Do you expect this to be just oh, yeah. hammer the run game? This, this, I know a lot of Steelers fans love talking about the glory days of like Jerome Bettis and like the nineties yeah. defenses of Bill Cower. This is going to be a Bill Cower type game type game. I'm telling you, like I, it would not surprise me if both teams came out of here with like 35 to 40 runs. Like it wow. just might end. And that just that's just because Baltimore's strength is them running the football. But Lamar not being there, him not being that threat to carry the football, that's that that takes you know so much load off of the defense because Tyler Huntley can do it, but he's not nearly as dynamic. You know, Lamar, a big reason why the Ravens, you know, running backs always seem to be averaging like, you know, 4.8, five yards a carry is because like a lot of those like zone replays, you have to account for Lamar's legs more than you do the running back. And that could change a little bit this week without him in the backfield. So, um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore's going to try to run the ball. That's what they want to do. You know, they just don't have a lot of dynamic playmakers. It's really Mark Andrews and then just kind of this ragtag bunch of receivers. They've gotten some good production out of Demarcus Robinson. um, But that's the good thing. The Steelers defense all year has struggled with wide receiver ones. You even look at Drake London, who had like 93 yards. He probably should have had about buck 30 if Mariota was an absolute trash last yeah, week. Facts. Um, the Ravens don't have a wide receiver one, so you don't have to worry about that this week. So yeah, um, there's not really that game changing guy on the outside. You got to really game plan around. Except for, I mean, I don't know though. Like at the same time, Deshaun Watson goes. Nobody yeah, I, in Pittsburgh could, is keeping up. Yeah, Nobody's I even coming close. Deshaun Jackson can really still run. I will. <laughs> yeah, dude, I he's 50 years old. The guy can run yeah. a 4-3. Like, I, had that's... To, 
I turned on the tape. Uh, I turned on the tape of the last two Ravens games just um, offensively, so I could see like if anything's changed from the beginning of the year. And um, I was just watching Deshaun. I'm like, dude, he can still really run. It's kind of crazy. Like he, I won't say that he's still like you know in his prime, at least you know no. from a speed standpoint. But he's still running by guys pretty easily. So that'll be the big thing. You know, um, Baltimore they're not a really explosive offense and haven't been, especially over the past like month, we've kind of seen them come back to earth because they just don't have any weapons and everything's so, so hard for them because everything revolves around Lamar. Like it's his legs, his arm, his ability to play make because they don't have a bunch of easy buttons on offense. There's no playmaker. So, um, but that, that would concern me if I was a Steelers fan a little bit because, um, Deshaun is one of those players who can flip the script of a game just in yeah. one play because you lose him or you let him run by you or a double move and you get caught peeking in the backfield. That's a 75 yard touchdown. And in a game that's going to be low scoring, probably, you know, somewhere under 40 points, that seven points really, really matters um, on Sunday. So, yeah, it's a totally different. It's it's totally different. I want to say much easier, but I'm not going to say much easier offense to defend but it is it's it's, yeah it's looking positive for the pittsburgh Steelers. all right let's talk defensive side of the ball um but first i'm gonna try to get through an ad read from manscaped while trying not to cough it's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants you can make this a season to be jolly with manscaped do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have all the people thinking all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about a sack and so should you look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using our code Steelers 20 for free shipping and 20% off the Manscaped platinum package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has each product from the best-selling performance package plus ultra-premium body wash, ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and ultra-premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts. Plus, Both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's also a 4,000K LED light on it, so you can light the way just like Rudolph. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package's shower products. All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and just use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Let me tell you, I got tears in my eyes right now from holding back a cough. I've never been more impressed with myself in my entire life than 
to make it through that one. I don't um, know. I don't know who I'm more impressed with. Manscaped for coming up with that ad read, which was epic. Or you for grinding <laughs> the hell through that with a cough. That was all of those things were impressive. That, that's that my might favorite have been the highlight of the pod, honestly. That is my favorite ad read. Of, round of applause. <laughs> it is. It's my favorite ad read. All right. Let's talk Steelers offensive side of the ball. Deontay Johnson's the only question mark. I do expect him to play. Uh, he did say that it was a different injury than the hip injury that's been bothering him throughout the season. He said it happened on the last catch that he had against Atlanta. Uh, I don't know. He described it to me. He was like, I dove for the first down. I got hit on both sides. I don't remember. But it is it is new. I do expect him to play. You expect George Pickens and Marcus Peters to throw hands by halftime. Outside of that, what are you looking for when it comes to uh, the Baltimore Ravens defensive side of the ball? Yeah, um, the Ravens are an interesting defense. It's a good defense. I don't think it's a great defense. They got some weaknesses, but it's a good defense overall that has had some guys out due to injury, um, just kind of some injuries on their side of the ball. Uh, Marcus Williams has been on IR for a while. Um, yeah. The guy that they got from the Saints in the offseason, he was off to an incredible start at the beginning of the year. Then he's been out for a while. Um, he's a ball hawk kind of free safety. So you got to kind of always know where he's at. And then, you know, they're working some other pieces back as well. But under Mike McDonald, their new defensive coordinator, he took over for Wink Martindale. They're doing some different schematic things, you know, with Martindale in the past, you know, however many years, the Ravens were a really like blitz heavy cover zero man to man team. Yeah. Under McDonald, that's really not what they've been this year. They're more, you know, zone based. Um, they don't blitz a ton. It's interesting when watching them because I've gotten the kind of feeling that they run a lot of McDonald's stuff on early downs. So like first, second down, it seems like they're more, I guess, you know, safe. They run a lot of zone coverage and things like that. Um, and then on third down, if you get into those third and long situations, it seems like that's when some of the Martindale stuff starts coming back out. Um which is kind of interesting to me. Um, and it's definitely important because, you know, the Steelers are going to try to run the ball. They don't need to get in those third and long situations. Um, but if you just look at like third and seven plus yards to go, uh, Baltimore blitzes at the sixth highest rate um, in the NFL. So they're really, they really don't blitz a ton. But if you fall behind the sticks, they're going to make it difficult on you. Pickett's been really good against the blitz um, so far this season. Um, so that's encouraging that you don't, you know, necessarily have to worry a ton about that. But um, yeah, some some interesting matchups for sure. Um, a lot of the same faces, you know, Calais Campbell been there for a while. Marlon Humphrey uh, has had some big moments against the Steelers in the past. What um, do you see from Roquan Smith? How do you think him and Queen have played together? Big names, Queen, I think, in the middle there. Queen looks a lot better with Roquan than he did without him. So I think that's the best thing that you can probably say about Roquan. Like Roquan's yeah. been a solid player. Yeah. I would not personally be the team that wants to shell out $20 million to him. No, but I think he's a good player. I think Explain he's a that good one to me. player. I just don't think inside linebacker is that important of a position. Oh, that's okay, just okay, my okay. opinion. I mean, it's more of a schematic thing. Like, and I also think that Roquan is a, solid all-around player but i don't think he has like this dominant trait to hang his hat on either so that's you know that's some of, some of my thought process there but they've been really good since acquiring um since acquiring queen if you just look you know since they made that trade um 
their defensive numbers have been off the charts. I mean, they are, let's see, they're fourth in EPA per play. They are first in rushing EPA per play. They are third in rushing success rate. Wow. Teams are just not able to run the ball on them. And I know a lot of people that I've seen on the timeline kind of discuss this. People are freaking out saying, oh, my God, the Steelers are not – they're going to shut the Steelers out. Najee's not going to do anything. I do – there is some cause from concern because they have been really good against the run. But I will preface this. If you look at the teams that the Ravens have played, okay, it isn't exactly a murder's row, all right, (laughs) especially of running teams. Here are the teams that they've played since acquiring Roquan, all right? The Bucks, dead last in rushing. The Saints, not healthy. Haven't been able to run the ball recently. The Panthers traded away McCaffrey. The Jaguars, they have ETN, but ETN got hurt in the first quarter of that game. The Broncos, a dumpster fire all around. So those numbers are great, but at the same time, you have to take a little bit with a grain of salt because the competition has been really freaking bad. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, the Steelers have ran the ball. This is going to be a really good test for them. I'm excited to see, you know, if they can rise to the challenge. But be a good game. It, it, it will be. I was not expecting you to come out here and drop because you started this pod by saying, yeah, the Steelers are really going to have to run the ball. It's going to be a really good running game for Najee Harris. And then you're like, also, they can't run the ball because <laughs> the Ravens are good. I, and I think Richard's got a good point here, a good barometer of how good the offensive line is. I think the offensive line has been ex- I mean, excellent in terms of Pittsburgh they've Steelers. They've been very offensive good lines. the past two weeks. for sure. Yeah, they, they've they've really stepped up. I think all season I've been. I mean, we haven't come on here and bashed the offensive line one time all season long. I think they've been really good. But this is it's, – it's true. Like, you haven't gone up against a Calais Campbell yet. You know what I mean? Like, you haven't played inside linebackers like the, this two in Baltimore. It is a good barometer of how good the off- – how far the offensive line has come, I would say. Mm-hmm. That is interesting that they aren't going to – they are that good against the run. Do you see that changing anything? Do you see that being a, okay, well, you know, Kenny runs the ball five times this game. You know, Gunnar Olszewski gets the ball 10 times this game on the outside. Or do you think this is just a hand it to Najee, do what you got to do, you know, type of I thing? I think that the Steelers are going to want to continue with the type of offensive identity that they've tried really hard to establish. I really do. I I think that this is going to be um, this is going to be a a good litmus test for this offense and how far they've came. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to do it. Um, I don't think that the Ravens are going to just shut them out like they've held the last couple teams of like 36 and 38 yards. I think some some team had like 80. I think the Steelers are going to be able to get closer to that 80 mark than the 30 mark. But Really, to me, I think there's value to be gained about what we're going to like learn about this Steelers offense, regardless of what happens. If the Steelers run the ball and they can really continue to impose their will and this offensive identity begins, like continues to take shape, I think that's awesome because oh, yeah. I think you can get really optimistic about how the rest of this season could potentially go, um, having success like that against um, really good defenses. And then I also think there's some value in – maybe if things don't go well um, in terms of running the football, because that's going to put more of an onus on Kenny Pickett's shoulders over the last several weeks. I think we've seen development from him. He's played better taking care of the football, but he hasn't really been asked to 
win them a game yet. And I think that how cool would it be if the first game that they kind of handed him the keys and say, Hey, go win this one. What if he did that against Baltimore? How big of a confidence Ooh. booster, how big of a confidence booster is that for Pickett? And then oh, how, big of, how big of a confidence booster is that for the organization to Facts. know that that's their guy. This is why they drafted him. So to me, um, I think there's multiple different ways that this could go. And I think that there's a lot of them um, that could be positive for the Steelers. Um, either way, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of good information to be gained because here's the deal. Like e- even if we're just taking out um, of account the playoffs or like, can the Steelers make a run or anything like that next year is about, can the Steelers compete with the other three teams in this division? Now that Deshaun Watson's healthy, Lamar, you know, he's going to, pri- I mean, the Ravens ain't letting him walk. I mean, he's going to be no. back next year. You know what Joe Burrow is going to be doing in Cincinnati. This, These are good tests to see how far the Steelers are away from, you know, really competing again, not just in the division, but trying to get back up into, like, like the top of the AFC. So I'm super excited about this game. I, I think it's going to be awesome. Dude, if Kenny Pickett goes and beats the Baltimore, like he beats the Baltimore Ravens, will that at least for the next year we won't a have legend, to- a legend will be started. We'll be born. <laughs> like it would like we'd never have to come on here and defend Kenny Pickett for at least the next 365 days. Everyone will be excited. Oh, this is what, this is what I say. I say this every time I feel like the Steelers and Ravens play, man. Like Steelers Ravens is where good players become legends. Oh, and yeah. it's for both teams. Like, if you look at like the Steelers. And all of their like storied or historic players, like in my lifetime, you think about, you know, Ben, 12 game winning drives against Baltimore. You yep. think about James Harrison, that crazy like five turnover, five sack game he had against the Ravens on in prime time. Yep. You think about Troy, you yep. think about that pick six that he had in the playoffs to take him to take him home. You know, all of that stuff. That's where like, yeah, these players are great but they become like legendary because of those type of moments. And like, you know, I'm not saying Pickett's going to be like a great player. He's going to become a legend, but like, this is how you do it. If you want to get to that point, you have to play big in these games. Like all those other games, they may matter the same amount in terms of like the standings or the record, but they don't matter the same in the fan bases. Like everybody knows Backs. this is the game. Like this is the game that everybody pays attention to. So big this one matters a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. All right, before we get into the picks here, is Travis Jones starting? Yeah. You would know that one. Yeah, he's playing nose tackle for him. He's been a little up and down, but, like, again, he's a rookie, so he's kind of just figuring it out. Um, He's going to be a good player, though. I mean, I I was a big fan of uh, Jones um, as a pass rusher. Excuse me. Um, I really like what he did last year at the Senior Bowl. Um, oh, he's yeah. a cool dude to interview at the combine too. So I, I like Jones. I was kind of upset that he kind of fell on the Ravens' lap. Like all that. All I was going to say, happened. literally everybody that you wanted to go to the Steelers. <laughs> I'm still upset about Ojabo. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. Every yeah, time I, his name pops up on my phone, it was. So I'm just funny. like, yeah, well, Derek's thinking about this one right now. <laughs> it was so funny because I was sitting there. I remember on like draft weekend, I was sitting there going through my rankings. And I was putting together a list of like where my guys on my big board landed. And like Baltimore, I get to the Ravens and it's like Baltimore landed like my number four, my number 15, my number 13, and my number like 20 something prospect all in the same draft. And I'm like, how does this happen? Like, and why does this happen to me? It was fun. Um, it was a good this, time. This dude, this, this guy has a, a, Good comment. Uh, Pat Frymouth will be a beast this game. This this matchup right here is going to be an all timer. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and call it now. I think Frymouth and Hamilton 
is going to be must see oh. TV for the foreseeable future. So Baltimore now, and I, I anticipate this is going to be the case even more if Marcus Williams gets activated and he plays moving forward. Um, Baltimore is doing this thing where they play three corners or three safeties, excuse me. And they've been rolling Hamilton down uh, in the box in the slot, uh, which is what he did a lot at Notre Dame. So we're going to see a lot of him matched up with Fryermuth. And like Hamilton, I'm not, I'm not even gassing it. Hamilton has been really good lately. Like I watched the past two games and like, he looks a lot more confident in the preseason when everybody was, you know, kind of clowning him for getting beaten coverage and stuff. Um, I think I put in my what to watch for. I think over the past like four weeks, he's given up like 57 receiving yards. That's it. And like, yeah, a bunch of snaps. So um, that's going to be a heck of a matchup, man. And like, again, we talk about like the kind of the eras turning, you know, no big Ben. We, you know, the Ravens, they've lost some, you know, guys on defense, Terrell Suggs in recent years. We're trying to figure out who are going to be the main kind of players in this rivalry in the future. Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Hamilton have wow. serious, serious bids. You talk about those guys going up against each other one on one. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be. Really Think fun. about how quickly they made that turnaround. They're just like, all right, we lost everybody, both sides of the football, lost everybody, and they were immediately just like, all right, well now we have this stud from Notre Dame, who many considered the best player in the draft for a little while. Number. Hamilton was number three on my big board. I yeah. looked I looked this morning when I uh, was doing my what to watch for. And then Pat Fryermuth, who many considered a first-round pick, fell to the second round. Dude's already a stud. Yeah, he's and already then, top 10 receiving tight end prod. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to, in the next, you know, 24 hours, you could possibly add the must-see TV of George Pickens versus Marcus Peters, which if Baltimore lets Marcus Peters go, if they, if those two fight by halftime, you can, you can't, you can't like, I'll go (laughs) franchise tag him. I will turn into whoever and franchise tag George Pickens. All right. (laughs) My favorite time of the, the, the week here. We, uh, just in case you, just in case you were wondering, we both lost last week somehow. Um, easiest pick. We lose. Um, I picked the Steelers. Yeah, but you had the over. No, I haven't hit an over. Listen, I've said this. Oh, like you did say that times. last week. You did I've say hit, that last week. Listen to me on who I pick, but don't listen to me on the over-unders because I've picked the winner of the Steelers game like seven of the past eight weeks, and I have yet to hit an over-under. So do yeah, very whatever true. I say after the pick, just tune it out. Mute me. Don't listen. All right. Well, all right, all right, all right, all right. We, we both we both half half i'm gonna chart these up i say that every single week and then i don't like i stare at these things they sit six <laughs> inches from me all week long and i don't think about them until i don't do want to see my over under no I, I we got to do like, the chart i want I'm the like chart. two and eleven dude. i want to bring it's it up and it'd just be a bunch of red and then just like falcons week half yeah. we're like all right well we did it all right this week steelers are one and a half point favorites at home which i still think is low against a ravens team that will likely not have Lamar Jackson 36 and a half over under at this point. Everybody's given up on the Steelers scoring some points, but it is what it is. Your, uh, your, your prediction. And then remember everybody take the second half of this with a grain of salt. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh man, I'm going to say 2016 Steelers. Oh, yeah. That's a lot closer so than barely, I expected it to be. So barely, I'm gonna go with the under. So that means exactly. the game's gonna be under, um, and it also means the Steelers are gonna win. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I, I like the Steelers. Um, the main reasons, man. I know Lamar Jackson. I know the Steelers have won four straight. 
the Ravens probably are due for a win, but I just don't know if it comes without Lamar. And like, he just means too much to that offense. I don't think Tyler Huntley's that good. Where I get nervous about the Steelers defense is like when they face quarterbacks that can actually throw the ball. And that's why I have been picking the Steelers recently to win. And that's why I think they've been winning is because they played a bunch of bad quarterbacks. And yeah. you look at like Matt Ryan, Mariota, Andy Dalton, now Tyler Huntley. I mean, these guys just don't scare you throwing the football. And that's kind of the weakness of the Steelers defense is in the secondary down the field. So I don't think Baltimore can expose that. I think it's going to be a gritty game. I think it'll be a one score game for probably the full game. Somebody's going to have to, you know, whether it's Pickett leading a late drive or Hundley trying to lead a late drive. Um, I anticipate this is going to go down to the wire. It's going to be physical. It's going to be nasty. Um, there's going to be a lot of trash talk, maybe some punches thrown. I'm excited about it, but I do think the Steelers come out um, as the victors again on Sunday for the fifth straight time over the Ravens. So I like that. I'm uh, I'm going to keep it close. I am going to try to pull up as quickly as I can here. I saw you, you mentioned – that the Steelers' pass game, pass coverage is bad, and I agree with you there. Did you see the PFF stat on Levi Wallace yesterday? I didn't. Not according to PFF and their you know numbers, he ranks first against Steelers in single coverage this season, or against wide receivers in single coverage this season, amongst all cornerbacks with a nineteen point one passer rating. Three interceptions, five forced incompletions, th- zero touchdowns, and a 35.3% completion percentage. Meanwhile, we have not come on a show and talked positively about Levi Wallace one time. Like, I just, I want your opinion. Like, is that, you know, I'm, I never listen to PFF, but like, why is that, you know, what does that say? Or is that just like a, a skewed number? I don't really know where that number like in single coverage is kind of vague um, a little bit to me. I don't know if yeah, that's like that could man be zone. without a safety over top or if that's yeah. like man without a safety over top, that zone included in there too. Wallace has been very um, feast or famine-ish in my yes. opinion. Um, yes. He's came away with some interceptions, some of which have been lucky, some of which have been like good plays on his part. Um, and then he's given up a lot of big plays too. Like most of the bigger plays in terms of like whether it be touchdowns or – um, you know, big plays down the field through the air have came at his expense. So he's, he's just been up and down, in my opinion. Um, it's always interesting to see because, like, I don't really like I have a PFF, PFF subscription and a lot of their premium stats, like, I, I really, really like. Um, I use them when oh, I, oh, yeah. Um, and I think it makes you become like a more well informed, you know, fan. But I think it's really funny because, like, you'll look at that stat, which is, like, incredibly positive at Levi Wallace, and then you'll go look at his PFF, like, grades, which I put zero stock in. I'm just prefacing this. Um, They have him with a 50.2 coverage grade, which is, like, very, very bad. So, like, that doesn't even match what kind of narrative they're pushing out in the tweet. So that's what kind of cracks me up. But I think Wallace is a fine player. He's a solid CB three um, guy who probably is playing a little bit more than you'd really um, like without like a true number one on the other side. But um, anyways, he's a non-factor. I mean, I don't want to say like non-factor this week. I just oh non-factor I'm scared of anyone that ball. Yeah, has not like who's he gonna? He's who's he gonna cut? Like is he gonna struggle against thing, Doomerville? The, yeah, the only thing that really scares me a little bit is like the potential that. Deshaun Jackson could catch like a deep ball 
that puts points on the board. Duvernay also has the ability to win deep. So like that's, um, you know, that's a little bit concerning to me because uh, Wallace has given up some plays over the top, but I think they're going to be able to do enough to keep a lid on those without Lamar. I would be more worried about that with Lamar at quarterback than I am with Huntley, just because I don't see him really airing the ball out a ton down the field. A hundred percent. And then to answer Richard's question real quick, who is going to cover Mark Andrews? I think it will be a little bit of Robert's blame, but I also think it'll be a lot of Terrell Edmonds. It's been Terrell Edmonds in the past. Yeah, I think it's going to be Edmonds a good amount, which I'm I'm fine. And, yeah, I'm Andrews okay. had Andrews had a big game. I think it was last year against the Steelers, but overall throughout his career, they've actually done pretty well against him. And in comparison to the other teams, um, so. He is priority number one. I mean, oh, yeah. there is no, there's no debate on who is going to be the guy that um, the Steelers are going to hone in on and focus on. You know, trying to slow down this on this offense. I mean, he's the only playmaker or weapon on the team that would start for the other, you know, 30, 30 teams, probably other than like Kansas City, who has Travis Kelsey. And, yeah, facts. You know, um, those guys, but you know, Andrews top five, top five tight end, easy, um, good, really good player. I just. Um, I just think you put all your resources to stopping him, and then I think you'll be okay. You got to yeah, stop the ground game and start stop Mark Andrews, <laughs> and I think you'll be okay on on defense. So. It's a much simpler for our uh, formula than most Ravens games. All right, yeah. <clears throat> my pick here. I'm, I'm staying the course with you a little bit. I'm going 19-13. Keeps me on the under. Keeps the Steelers winning. I think they take like you know a, a pretty commanding lead. You know, maybe 19 to 10, and then Justin Tucker puts them within. A, you know, a scoring drive and then maybe Huntley gets an opportunity at the end, but I don't think it comes I will, to fruition. I will say this about Huntley and I know I've, I feel like I've talked really poorly about him. So like, hopefully, yeah, I his, will like, fa- hopefully none of his like family ends up watching this pod and then destroys me if the Ravens win. <laughs> um, I will say Huntley about the, uh, this about Huntley. Huntley is a gamer. Like he's tough as nails. And like, that goes back to his college days. Like I really thought that in college, like he was a gamer. You know, when the game is on the line late, you saw it last week. He led that game winning drive um, against the Broncos. Um, he's tough as nails. I just don't, I don't think that he's like overly talented in comparison to the rest of the starting quarterbacks in the league. And that's that's not necessarily meant to be a knock on him. I know it sounds like it is. But, um, you know, this game to me is definitely one that like if the Steelers would ever decide to get out to a good lead like a 13 nothing or 13 type of lead um in the late third quarter or something like that and then force baltimore to have to beat you through the air where they have to abandon some of those run games that some of the run game stuff they're in a great spot because baltimore is just not built to win that way especially without lamar at quarterback so no i agree i agree i'm gonna give you a name here before we head out you talk about legends being born in this. I think this is uh, you know, a last drive, last minute drive. Huntley maybe moves the ball a little bit. Cam Sutton's gonna come up with an interception. That's my prediction here. You're gonna like test it. him on the outside. He's gonna come through with an interception. I think he's he's due for one. And on top of that, you know. Well, he should have he's, about eight this year. Eighteen. He yeah, like he should, four or five he should them, probably but... lead the NFL in interceptions. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. It comes back this year or this week, and um, and I feel good about it. All right. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. 
and then check out all of mine and Derek's work on allsteelers.com. If you have not yet, please go check out Steelers Draft Talk. Drops drops every Thursday morning. Teaches me everything I know about the NFL Draft, which is a great time with Derek and Nick Martin. I will be back on Monday with Steven. Enjoy the game. Peace. <laughs>